The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all fit. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back. We are Babes on Broad. Long time no listen. So I am Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town. We are brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You can follow us our show pages on social media at Babes on Broad on Instagram and Twitter. And then we also have Babes on Broad Facebook now that was newer do. before the bye week. So go follow and like that, whatever you Facebookers do. And <laughs> whatever then, people do on Facebook yeah, these days. Besides stalk your family and like your aunt's picture. And, and have then, your parents post embarrassing <laughs> pictures of you that shouldn't be on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, 100%. My mom came to the Rob Motti show the other night. She was like, okay, now smile. And I was like... Oh my God, stop. <laughs> like literally stop. And then of course we have our personal pages. I am at Sam Wills 18, both on Instagram and Twitter. And then Jess on Twitter is at run this town with an E 13 and on Instagram at Jessica underscore town That's with me. an E. That's and then we also, it's getting Christmassy. I'm, yeah. so for Christmas. I'm so excited for Christmas. I love Christmas. And now on our design tree, that's dsgnetree.com slash babes on broad. You can go get an ugly Christmas sweater that has babes on it. So rep the babes during ugly Christmas sweater time. Babes on broad. And another one that says jingle babes. That's jingle my babes. Favorite. That's our fave. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm jingle gonna... babes, jingle babes, jingle bell broad street. <laughs> it took a minute, a minute and a half for Sam to start singing. I'm very excited. I've missed you. <laughs> I know. I love Christmas, man. Be ready for it. Okay. I'm so excited. So we left off last time going into week, what would it have been? It would have been week nine. Yeah, against yeah. the Bears. And then we had yeah. a bye week 10. The bye was a good bye week. It was the best bye week we could have had. Yeah, it was kind of lackluster going into it. We didn't get a huge win. I mean, 22-14 win over the Bears, but it wasn't. An exciting win. It was lackluster. But very the bye boring. week was good. The bye week was good. The bye week was very good to us. The 49ers lost. The Saints lost. The Giants lost. And most importantly, the Dallas Cowboys lost yes. at home again. It's lovely. Yes. So we are going into this week against the Pats, tied for first of the NFC East, which is awesome. 
Yes. Considering our situation so far this season. Considering the injuries, considering the play overall, abysmal quality of our (laughs) wide receivers. It's just a shame. I mean, it's been very underwhelming this far. I think kind of, you know, we're halfway through the season now. And I think, I think there's a lot of talk about overvaluing the roster and overvaluing some of our skill position players, especially at the wide receiver spot. A lot more of it is not performing up to expectation. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I think some of it is, you know, overvaluing, basing our, our whole thought of the offense on Deshaun Jackson and expecting Deshaun to stay healthy for 16 games. And I think that was partly our fault as fans, but I definitely think a significant chunk of it is certain players having an extremely underwhelming season, like Alshon Jeffrey. Now, he obviously now is hurt, and I think that's one of the things that we'll talk about eventually about, you know, the fact that he might not play on Sunday. Up to this point, he has not performed up to standard for, I think he would tell you he hasn't performed up to his standard, but not only that, you know, we talked about last year how, you know, after that Saints game, Alshon Jeffrey catches that ball 99 times out of 100, and he has had some of the surest hands in the NFL over his career, and he has had the dropsies which has not been pleasant. Mac Hollins playing all of these snaps and not having any catches. Targets, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the wide receiver coach saying when the ball comes his way, I know he'll make the play. That's a lie. A lot of it has been things like that and just been a little bit of underwhelming performances from guys that you expected to be a little bit better. I agree with that completely. Just yeah. chime in real quick because it's not – and overvalue. You look at the stats coming into the season. All those players, we expected what we should have expected based on their previous performances. Everybody's having a down season, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's just been... Nobody could have predicted that Alshon Jeffrey would come back and I don't even know his stats on how many drops he has, but have 13 drops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody would... No, you... you drops and Alshon Jeffrey usually aren't talked about yeah. in the same sense. So nobody could have predicted this. It sucks. Nelson Aguilar... That kind of blindsided yeah. us. Yeah. Well, Nelson, okay, so that's different because he's always had an up and down. Right. You don't know which Nelson you're going to get. Exactly. And I think someone I've heard, you know, people say, oh, well, he didn't drop, you know, the passes from Nick Foles in 2017. He had such a good year because of Nick Foles. No. He was having a phenomenal season all the way up there, too. He was too. confident. He was having a great year that mm-hmm. year. Matt Collins' rookie year, he showed a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. That he had that one 60-yard catch against the Redskins. That was huge for a touchdown. It, like, he was a guy who I was very disappointed had an injury that we didn't get to see his second season and him take that step forward. And I was excited to finally see him back this year. And it has been, I mean, I, I wish I had the power to cut Matt Collins from the, this football team. Same. But Ugh. our savior is returning. Jordan yes. Matthews. Number one receiver, baby. Coming back. There we go. To save the season once again. Woo. I'm excited to get my jersey up. <laughs> Except I do, no, don't get me wrong, I'm being kind of sarcastic in my woos and stuff. Oh, I really, I do love Jordan Matthews, great person, he's a decent wide receiver, not a number one. He's not a number one receiver. Not at all, not even close. It's sad that he's gonna be most likely our number one this week, which is tough pill to swallow, kind of. I mean, I like him, hopefully he does something, he has the power maybe too, so we'll see, but. For the Eagles? He's had, he had a couple very good years in there. He did. I mean, in 2015, when he was the Eagles' number one receiver with Sam Bradford under center. Was that, 
What year was that his in his sophomore career? season? It was his second year. Okay. He was three yards shy of a thousand yard season. And again, that's what Sam Bradford oh, throwing three from. yards shy. That would make me so salty. I know. But like, I, when was the last time the Eagles had a thousand yard receiver? Deshaun? I have no idea. I don't need Like, either. how long ago was that? We're going to look it up, but we got to talk to you guys while we look it up. I just don't. Jeremy Macklin in 2014. Wow. Wow. I was a senior in high school. I was in college. Wow. That's nuts. Jeremy Macklin, 2014. The Eagles haven't had that true number one receiver until Alshon got here, but they had so many weapons that they were able to spread the ball around so well, and that's what made them so unstoppable in 2017. But since then, last year, obviously, Ertz was the safety blanket for Wentz, and now this year, I think he's trying, you know, Ertz has been doubled a lot. They've been down guys. They don't have a speed guy, so they have to do short passes all the way down the field. Like, the Eagles offense has been very predictable up to this mm-hmm. point, and, um, you know, that's something that is not going to work against a team like the New England Patriots. If you were yeah. to say, what should the Eagles do? You'd say, ah, oh, two tight end sets, get the ball to the tight ends and the running backs. And then you ask Bill Belichick, what are you going to do? Well, what they like to do is get the ball to their two tight ends mm-hmm. and the running backs, so we just have to stop that. And you're like, ah, ha, ha, now what? Dude, Bill is hilarious. Now what? So let's talk about it. Yeah. The Eagles versus the Patriots going into this week. The Patriots are coming off a bye as well. But before their bye, they lost their first game of the season to the Baltimore Ravens, who absolutely destroyed them. 37-20, to 20, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun game to watch. I always love to watch the Patriots lose. However, the Eagles can take a couple things from that, because like I just said, you know, that's exactly what Bill said to stop exactly what the Eagles do. However, the tight ends and running backs and the threat of Lamar Jackson had a field day with this very good Patriots defense. You're right. I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Sam let me know before we started recording today that she's picking the Patriots to win. And I told her that I hated her. And so she's trying to find ways to be optimistic about the Eagles. But ultimately, she's going to pick the Patriots. So it's not working. Because <laughs> so obviously, I mean, you look, all you have to do is look at that Baltimore game and it will give you everything you need to know. It's the one loss they have. So obviously, that'll show you their weakness. But Exactly what you just said. So they know what their weakness is, too. Belichick, he's a genius. He knows that they got beat on that stuff. They know everything they got beat on. The Eagles have very strong as well. So in my head, I'm just like, it's literally a defensive do- guy. So it's he knows. It's literally Doug against Belichick this week because they're both going off the bye. They both wa- saw the same stuff. Obviously, they're watching the same field. They had two weeks ago over it. Right. It's literally Doug against Belichick this week, and that makes me nervous. I love Doug, but it's Bill Belichick. So let's let's start with the Patriots' defense, and that's also are, scary. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> a very good defense, leading the league in interceptions, um, second in the league with sacks, thirty-two sacks. And what did we talk about earlier? What did you? Their D line each has a minimum of two sacks individually. Yeah, Collins, one of their linebackers. Uh, Trey Thomas said this this morning, six sacks, ten and a half tackles for loss, three interception interceptions just himself. Hashtag yikes. Yikes. Absolutely yikes. One of the bright spots, now this may not sound like a bright spot because they are leading the league in interceptions. Their secondary is very good, but they play a lot of man coverage. They actually play, mm-hmm. the their, their defensive snaps, they play the highest percentage of man coverage in the NFL. And Carson Wentz 
actually is this season ranked number four in passer rating against man coverage in the NFL as a whole. So that's optimistic right there. That's a good one. It is. That gives me a little hope. It is. When it comes down to it, if he's able to... If these, okay, it comes down to the wide receivers being able to get any sort of separation. Mm-hmm. That's going to be big. You know, the, the other part of this is everybody has to do their part. They need to run the football. That's step yeah. one. Running Nobody the football. Nobody can have a slow game. No. They need to run the football. That's what needs to, do, needs to happen. This offensive line can dominate the Patriots defensive line. They can. Yeah. I they agree. can dominate anybody. If they're on. If they're on, they can dominate mm-hmm. anybody. They have to start by running the ball because that's going to, open things up a little bit in other places and be able to let Carson Wentz, A, use his legs to make plays, and B, take advantage of some of those one-on-one matchups. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see also um, if JP plays because he was limited back to practice yesterday. So we'll see. I don't – I mean, it's his spot. Dillard has proven himself very well, but – How do you feel about that? If JP wants to play – I think it should be Dillard. I agree. JP, he doesn't look like he has the passion anymore because he probably doesn't. He's been doing this so long. He's made his money. Not, it's not that he doesn't care, but like, I just feel like Dillard's playing so well. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you have to let him keep we talked going. To, we mentioned this last podcast. Like, I am completely fine with JP just being his personal coach. Like, I agree. Just pay JP to be his personal coach and yeah. call his season. So it's interesting that they brought him back. They haven't announced anything yet, so we'll see. You know, Doug did say it'll probably that that's come out his, after the show because it always does. It always does. That, with us. But Doug did say that it's his spot when mm-hmm. he's healthy, which that's a respect thing. You can't. Yeah, but it's what everybody's been pounding the table about: is the nostalgic commitment being married to these older guys when you should be getting younger in certain spots. Well, is that kind of a it's on JP thing. Do you think JP should be a man about it and be like, listen, I've had my time. I can't perform as well as he can anymore. Let him in. Swallowing your pride. I think that's the only way JP is a healthy scratch and they let, and Dillard plays. I mm-hmm. think that, I think that's the only way. Now, do I expect that to happen? No. It'd that be, would be the only way that decision would be made. I agree. I agree. But so on the opposite side of the ball, so we talked a little bit about the Eagles offense and what they kind of need to do versus the Patriots defense. Flipping the script a little bit. 42-year-old Tom Brady still doing his thing. The Eagles defense getting better with a little bit more energy now that Jalen Mills is back, Ronald Darby's back, Avante Maddox is back. So in theory, we never have to see Sidney Jones again for the rest of the season if everyone stays healthy, which is ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is the biggest key for this defense, Sam, to have a good game against Tom Brady and contain this Patriots offense? I have it highlighted. You see my sheet? I do. You peek in. And I am. I, I'm also blind. I can't see what that says. <laughs> <laughs> I see it's so, highlighted. Um, we talked about it on the morning show, so if you listen to that, same thing. Edelman. That's always been Tom Brady's key piece. He's quick. Tom's quick. He sees him. He looks for him. Edelman will most likely be able to beat you in a spot real quick. Turns, catches. The yak. Is, the yak is yeah, serious. Yeah, 243 yards after a catch this year. I really didn't know that you had that right there. I just went with yak because I knew that's Edelman. Yeah, thing. that's I'm nuts. Impre- I'm impressed that you had um, that right there. Right he has him. 90 targets so far this year. He's obviously Tom Brady's comfort blanket. And it just, I mean, even though, like, it's it sounds so simple to just be like, yeah, it's Edelman. Just shut down Edelman. They have nothing else. It's not that easy. Running backs are so good. I Their think, rushing offense is 23rd in the league. 
So I feel like that's more definitely more containable. Yeah, but th- those those running backs have such an ability. Their screen game is so well set up and so well executed that yeah, they that's true. are they make plays catching the ball out of the backfield honestly more than they do just running the ball regularly. But I think the biggest thing is going to be as Tom Brady's career has gone on, he's become worse and worse against the blitz. And think about it, 42 years old in football years is like ancient. 42 years old in Tom Brady world is like 30. Yes, but his bones are still 42 years old. He doesn't like to get hit. You don't know that. He might get injected with some of that TV 12 stuff. Stop it. Stop it right now. (laughs) He doesn't like to get hit. He doesn't. He's been sacked 16 times this year. That's a lot. So you start to get some hits on him early. He is going to start to panic slightly. Even Tom, yes, even Tom Brady panics. He's admitted that Super Bowl 52 still haunts him. I guarantee you he still sees Brandon Graham in his nightmares. Oh, okay. When he turns off the lights, he knows Brandon Graham might be there watching him. But that scares me that he's got that fuel. Because it's Tom Brady, dude. But maybe you'll see Brandon Graham line up across from him, and he will literally just poop his pants in the middle of Lincoln Financial Field. Hopefully. But see, my thing, I feel opposite about the Blitz. Because Tom Brady's game has always been the short drop back throw real quick you know what I mean yeah so like I feel like if we're blitzing he'll look for Edelman he'll look for whoever else real quick and just be like dump it off on them yeah he'll pick up some yards and that's how they'll move down the field he'll take time off the clock that's what I'm worried about yeah I agree that so that that's the difference right like the blitz can really rattle Tom Brady but also if you're blitzing and your corners are getting beat he's he's gonna hurt you yeah and I think the the biggest key to this is going to be our linebackers or, actually having a decent game and making tackles and containing things. As I say, or if our secondary stays 10 yards off of the That's not going to work. They're going to have no. to press. They're going to have to press. And I think, so with Darby and Jalen Mills, they do, like, if you see where they line up, they do press so much more mm-hmm. than when they have Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones as yeah. their starting outside corners. Just because they're Douglas they're, is slow. They're better. Yeah, Russell mm-hmm. Douglas is slow. He's I I I I like Russell Douglas. I do. He's not when, terrible when he's coming in. Like if someone goes down, he has to yeah. step in. Like give somebody I, a break. Yeah, I think he's phenomenal in that kind of role. Everyone has to step up. Yeah. Like it's just one of those that everyone has to have. They no one can pick up the slack of anybody else in a game like this because you, this is the best Patriots defense. That I have seen, that I remember seeing. Like the Patriots' defense has never been great. It's always been Tom Brady that has it's been, been like Tom their Brady. number one thing. Now right. it's defense is what's carrying them through, mm-hmm. and Tom's just just making Getting enough by. plays. He's doing to, enough, right? Things that are encouraging, though. This team was only able to put up 16 points on the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. in Buffalo. The Eagles put up 31 points on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. You know, the Patriots, it's still one of those things that, you know, their division is such a cakewalk. They play the Jets twice, they play the Bills twice, and they play the Dolphins twice. Like, they can win the division literally at 6-10. and 10. Now, I, yeah, I'm not trying to take anything away from their dynasty, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, let's put anybody else in that situation, and they're also winning their division, too. You yeah, know? Right, like, yeah. I mean, they played all of those teams in their first seven games. They played, I'm trying to think what they played. They played, I'm pretty sure they played the Giants. They played the Redskins. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to be the, oh, they haven't played anybody person. But, you know, when they, when that defense played a lethal offense that has multiple dimensions, 
like the Baltimore Ravens, they couldn't handle it. And when they played another very serious, legitimate defense like the Baltimore Raven, Ravens, the offense couldn't handle it. Yeah, my thing with the Ravens, though, is Lamar Jackson is just hot right now. I don't know if any team would have been expecting that. You know what I mean? He just yeah. He's hard to stop because you don't see it. You don't know how to defend it, and okay. he just goes off when he wants. They played the Steelers. They played the Dolphins. They played the Jets, the Bills, the Redskins, the Giants, the Jets again, and then played the Browns, who uh, ran the football all over them, by the way, <laughs> and then they played the Ravens. So they played the Jets twice in there. They played the Redskins, who were winless at the time. They played the Giants, who are terrible. And they played the Steelers, who, for the first couple games with Ben Rosberg in there, were not good at all. Mm-hmm. Their defense has come alive, especially with that trade from Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. And then they, the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are the Dolphins. Right. Yeah, you're not wrong. My fear is they got comfortable, they lost, and now they're ready to play. Exactly. Which concerns me. They get better as they go. They didn't have to heat up before. So what's your prediction? December is their time, but it's not December yet. I think that this is a, a a huge game on so many on so many counts. The Eagles need to yeah, stay because Seattle next week. Yes, they need to stay competitive with the Cowboys. They need to win at least one of these games between New England and Seattle because after this, aside from the game against Dallas, they've got some some very easy games mm-hmm. that should be easy wins to close out their season. It's a big game for Carson in the sense of, in his own head. I think he's got, still has that monkey on his back of Nick Foles and, you know, all the chatter that constantly goes on. So I think this is huge for him to, to go he into that. He might want to prove that he can beat Tom Brady. I just need them to not outsmart themselves. If everyone does their job, I firmly believe they can win this game. And I think being at the link is definitely going to play into it a little bit. And I think the Eagles are going to win 29-20. Wow, okay. Sam, your prediction? Well, it's no surprise, kind of. (laughs) Obviously, I wasn't optimistic because I have the Pats winning. A lot closer, though, than people probably think by the way I was talking. I have kind of the basic score, but 27-24 Patriots. I think it will be close because I think it is, like you said, it's a test for Carson. He's not going to completely mess it up. Um, We also have our run game. We have those strong points to our offense that I think are going to score and go down the field and stuff. But there's just so much that plays into it. They're coming off of that loss. Mm -hmm. They're heated about that. Say what you want. I know the Super Bowl was how long ago, but they have that in the back of their mind. They told you about that. Yep. And then it's Belichick and Brady, man. Like, Yeah. If they have a vengeance, they have a vengeance. So I'm just... It makes me nervous, but yes, I'm going Pats 27-24. Well, you're the worst. But I also, hey, hey, I'm going to give a little preview. All right. You're right. They do have to win between the Patriots and Seattle. I think yeah. they lose this game. I think they pull off the upset against Seattle. So I'll be, Ooh, I like I'll it. be the, low, All the right. low one in that. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other teams in Philly and what they're doing right now. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Welcome back. So we have some other sports obviously going on. It is November, so we have plenty of things going on around Philly. Love it. The next thing, probably even giving the Eagles a run for their money, are the Sixers. Because mm-hmm. they're a big topic right now. They're 7-4 and four so far. Not doing hot, though. They started out, what, 5-0? and 5-0. Oh? and oh. And now they've lost four out of their last six games. Ooh. 
Yeah. Um, Joel Embiid's been out four of those 11 games. Two were because of the suspension, but, and yesterday was knee soreness. So there's only technically been load one. Load management. Yeah, there's been one of load management technically. That's kind of what knee soreness is. So what do you think about that? That's my question to you. I'm not freaking out as much as the rest of the fan base. I agree that there are some concerns. But at the end of the day, I have seen four games without Joel Embiid, two games without Ben Simmons, two games with Tobias Harris in the worst shooting slump I've mm. ever seen in my life, yeah, and right? a game without Al Horford. I've only seen, what has it been, three of these games of three of 11 or something like that were played with the starting five, four and a half. I think it was four and a half. Yeah. Of 11 games. Like, I just need to see the starting five together. I think it's too soon for load load management stuff, especially when Joel has said that he needs to play or he gets out of shape really quickly. Mm -hmm. My biggest question is, it was Elton Brand over the summer that said, we're going to do what we need to do to make sure Joel Embiid is healthy for the playoffs. So everyone's freaking out about Brett Brown and freaking out at Brett Brown. Do you think this is more like I think this might be more from the top than from Brett Brown making this decision? I mean, that's a good statement because, yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's just Brett being like, oh, he needs to sit out. I don't think he's ready. I think it is a whole organizational thing because if they didn't believe it or didn't agree, he won't be doing it. Right. You know, Elton would tell him to stop. Yeah. So it's definitely a whole organizational thing. So I that, agree. that bothers me. I don't yeah. think, I think it's too soon for, like, he I had agree. the two games off for... You can't baby him. You got to give him some stamina. Yeah. Put him now. You have to play. I mean, obviously, he was suspended two games. You can't help that. But you need to get him that stamina now. And, okay, if you find out in, by game 20, that he can only play five in a row and then needs a break, or four in a row and needs a break, okay, you do that. And then you start going from there. But right. you need to start pushing the limits to see how many he can play in a row. Yeah, You can't go into, I mean, I know it's far away and it's way too soon to be for people to actually be worried and those annoying people that are like, yeah. oh my God, fly your Brit. No, shut up. But so. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But you can't, I mean, this is the time to start the stamina. If they're going to get injured now, they have time to come back by playoffs when you need them. Right. And I, my biggest thing is he can't not play one night of every back-to-back. I can't go into every time I see the Sixers have back-to-back games and be like, okay, which one's Joel going to play and which one's he's not? Yeah. Like, if he's going to play the full, like, his full regular number of minutes in one game, play him for 15 instead. Put him on a minutes restriction for the second one. If you're just, like, I get it. Like, big guys get sore and they get tired a lot faster. I understand. But he's also 25. And you're an NBA player, dude. Suck it up. Right. Like, I I'm, I I can't stand all the people calling into the radio and they're like, oh well, I'm 50 years old and I do this 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 and this and yeah. in my day when I played, ba-. shut up. No, no one cares. Genuinely, no <laughs> one cares. And I do not care. And you're right. It is different. Like I mean, even me, I'm what five ten. That's tall for a female. And even me, I'm like, oh my gosh, my joints, I'm already so old from being a college athlete. Yeah. I played one year. So like, you know what I mean? So I understand that. But like, you're also a pro athlete. They have, well, they're supposed to have that medical staff that takes care of you and do all that. So like, use resources, get them healthy. You have options. You have ways to do it. Make it happen. Yeah. Like, I'm sticking firm. Like, this is the time you need to stamina, endurance, whatever you want to call it. Build that up. It's kind of like... What Doug Peterson said when talking about Sidney Jones a couple weeks ago, it's like, at a point, like, 
you just got to deal with it a little bit. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I agree. Like if you're at the point where you're like, something is going to just snap because you're in so much pain and you're so sore, like that's when you need to cool it a little bit. But like, same way, like I grew up, I was a dancer and I still teach dance now, but I, so this is, you know, if you include this year, this is year 22 of dancing for me. That's a lot of strenuous stuff on your feet, ankles, knees, hips, and my, from all of my joints hurt all the time. When it rains, my hips and my knees, it's unbearable sometimes. You just push through, you power through. I've danced injured. Like we've all done it now. I'm not comparing myself to a professional athlete. I was going to say we need a different asterisk or whatever it's called. Put that because we are not saying that we're better than them or that it's anything comparable. So before we get Twitter hate. Yes. And I'm and like I just said, I can't stand the people that call into the radio and are like, oh, I did this, this and this. Mm -hmm. Suck it up. I understand sometimes there's pain. If you want to get where you need to go as a team, you have to play together. And you have to figure out how to play together because that's how the turnovers are still a huge problem. Playing together and knowing mm-hmm. each other on the court, that's one way those are going to get minimized. And they should have known that. They did the same thing last year. I mean, it was different starting five, obviously, but right. they did not have enough time playing together. Right. And they so had why three different repeating? versions of the team. The, the, the goal is to only have one version of the team this year with maybe a piece moved here mm-hmm. or there, one or two, nothing major. It's not going to be three separate versions of a team. You got to get this figured out. You got to figure out who your closer is. If this person's not shooting well, who are you going to go to? If this person's not doing this, if this person gets hurt, like it, it can't be. And, you know, part of it, I will criticize Brett Brown in the sense of not only is it a different starting five every night, he's still doing those hockey line changes that I can't stand. And I understand you're trying to figure out your rotations at the beginning of the year with this new team. I get that. But there was a point last night against the Magic where he took all five off the floor and put five Mm -hmm. cold guys in, and not one of them was in the rhythm of the game, and they had like four straight turnovers, and he had to call another timeout and reevaluate because there were five people that hadn't played in ten minutes and were cold, not in the flow, not in a rhythm, and they hadn't been playing together. Yeah. And you're just like, what is this? I agree. I don't have the answer for that. I, me neither. <laughs> and I, listen, I love Brett Brown. I, I do like too. Brett I do Brown. Too. I do think it's a make or break year for Brett Brown. I it think is, it's absolutely definitely. too early to talk about firing Brett Brown. It is. You fire definitely. Brett Brown now, you have completely given up on the That's season. That's not even an option. You don't have it's a roster. Like, I don't care if they suck right now. This is Brett Brown's team for this year. Yeah. This is Brett Brown's team. He is the leader of this team. And to this point, I, I don't disagree with anything Brett Brown has said. But he needs it needs to be shown to me. He's mm-hmm. at, he said I think he said it best. Until they get this turnover crap figured out, they are built on a house. They're they're in a house on sand. Yeah. And the, he's absolutely right. However, obviously he's not the one passing the ball and causing the turnovers. But I think the way he substitutes guys in and out of the, on the floor, I think that has a, a role in the turnovers. Yeah, you're right. Exactly what you said. The hockey line thing. You can't have the starting five knowing each other and nobody else on the team. Right. And then your second line knowing each other and nobody else on the team. You have to incorporate it somehow. It's got to be a flow. I mean, yes, basketball has always been that. And I don't understand why he would not realize that. It's just, it's very, I very have to confusing. just hope it's 
him trying to figure out who he likes where and who he I mean, likes it, moving I'm sure where. I hope but. so. You know, right now they're in a stretch of games that of te- against teams that are not very good. These are the games you need to like gather up and have in your in your W column mm-hmm. and save these potential losses for when you play teams that are a little bit more complicated to play against. Yeah. Now, granted, I still want them to win those games too. I don't want them to only beat the Cavs, the Knicks, the Hornets. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're going to have to beat those teams and play against, like, you haven't played against Giannis yet. You haven't played against Jimmy Butler again yet. Yeah. I mean, you haven't played against LeBron yet. You or have... the Celtics when they were good. <laughs> LOL. You haven't played against James Harden. Celtics are like 9-1 right now. Imagine where that one loss came from. Oops. <laughs> They're a lot better than people thought. I mean, obviously, yeah, I, it's I, so I, early. Yeah. Things switch. Absolutely. Standings will but drastically I mean, they, switch. But. They beat the Bucks, you know? So it's it's really interesting. It's going to be an interesting season still. Don't abandon the season yet. If you plan on doing that, please Peace. just stay on that side. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. You're no longer welcome on the Sixers bandwagon because... If these guys win a championship, are all all y'all claiming to trade Ben Simmons, fire Brett Brown, do this, do that. If they win a championship, you're gonna be at that parade in June. True that. You'll be partying down Broad Street with the rest of us, pretending you didn't say all that stupid crap. Want to know what bandwagon everybody should be on? Which one? The Fly Guys. Absolutely. Yes, our fellow Broad Streeters. Am I right? Yeah. 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 I'm excited about the Flyers. No, they're – I told you earlier, they almost pulled off a shootout hat trick. Meaning – Insane. Meaning that they had three shootout games in a row because yes. Carter Hart's been that freaking good. Carter lately. Hart's been so good. He's been a monster. And the first two of those, they won back-to-back shootouts. And then last night they dropped it, obviously, by one. But still, Carter Hart, in regulation, allowed one goal and 35 saves. And some of those were amazing. Yeah. Some of those were – amazing to watch and the capitals are the best team in the nhl right now yeah they're also the best shootout team in the nhl mm-hmm. so i'm not surprised that they won in the shootout the fact that it was as close as it was he played out of his mind and people were talking the other day about when the capitals come in do they stay with carter hart or do they put uh brian elliott in and i wanted them to stay with carter hart because i if he is your goalie of the future you gotta let him work it out yeah. now you gotta let him figure it out and he has been playing extremely well and I think that the fact that he has been playing so well it's also been elevating the rest of the team around him to he's playing that well they don't want to also they don't want to screw it up Mm -hmm. and ruin a great performance by him yeah if it's an abysmal performance by him the rest of the team kind of plummets if he's having a great performance everyone else really does step up and I think that's huge to see them actually playing an, an inspired brand of hockey as compared to the last couple of years. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, that should be how it is on any team. You well, yeah. play so that your teammates look good as well, not just for yourself. But I agree 100%. He's the... It's kind of... It's funny. It's kind of comparable to Joel Embiid. He's your supposedly MVP, supposed to be your leading guy. The Flyers, they're putting Carter Hart out there, and they're like, play, Go. do your thing, you sink or swim. Why don't the Sixers do that? Because uh, hockey players are the... Toughest individuals toughest on this world. SOBs on the planet. Dude, we had Elaine Vigneault on the show the other day. I love him, by the way. I know, me too. He's I, phenomenal. I never, I mean, I never really 
knew much about him besides he was a Flyers coach. Like, I never listened to him talk, really, yeah. until he was on the show. And he was awesome. Yeah. He was so confident. He was so smart about the game. And he told us, Mark, I think it was Mark, asked, are we going to the playoffs or are you afraid about missing the playoffs or, or something? And he was like, no, like we're going. We'll be there. You you can doubt us or not, but we'll be there. All you got to do is get in. All you got to do. Anything can happen. Any I feel sport. the same way about the Sixers. The Flyers, I'm excited about. They're very exciting. I know. And it, it's cool to see that. Um, people are talking about it more. We had two people call today saying they turned off the Sixers for the Flyers last night. I was going back and forth the whole time, and then that's, I watched the end of the Flyers That's crazy. Game. That's awesome for the Flyers. Very bad for the Sixers. So Yeah. I have never really been a big hockey person, and it has been my goal to change that, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that the Flyers are making that an, an easy transition for me because they've been playing so well. I agree. I always – I like hockey – but they just never drew my attention. Yeah, you know, I don't like know I why. love Miracle. I love Olympic hockey. I love all that stuff. I love going to hockey games. I love going to see I've the never Flyers. I've been to a hockey game. Oh wait, no. Go. Just kidding. Sorry, I was there last year twice. You're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Flyers are ten five and three. They're in third place ahead of the Penguins, who beat them bad. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but they've gotten. What is it? Eleven points or so over the last ten games. They're they're only they're shootouts. Playing. They had an overtime game before this yeah. hat trick of shootout game started. So yeah, they're playing well, man. I think five, what is it? Five of their last six have been decided have not have been decided outside of regulation. Yeah, it's been crazy. And they, I mean, they were on a win streak. Unfortunately, that ended last night. But you know, to the best team in the NHL, like, yeah, that's a hell of an effort. Best team in the NHL in a shootout. Okay, like okay. See you next time. Yeah. I'm excited about the Flyers. I'm still excited about the Sixers. No one's going to take yeah. that away from me. It's going to be an exciting winter because the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, the Sixers are going to hit their stride. The Flyers are going to keep rolling. And it's going to be party town in Philly. Party on Broad Street. Hell yeah. And want to know why? Because the babes are now on Broad. True. Boom! Facts. Absolutely. ish to break. <laughs> Okay, so because if we don't have anything else because to talk. Sam said so, uh, we're gonna go to one more quick break, and then when we come back, we will answer uh, your questions from Twitter and social media today. We are the Babes Home Broad on BGN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, on to our last segment, questions of the day. Questions of the day. Okay, first question. If Alshon Jeffrey can't play on on Sunday, will the Eagles be okay without Alshon? I mean, what really has Alshon done? I was going to say, are we okay with Alshon? Yeah. So that that's my answer, yeah. Um, If it's, yeah, we're not really losing anything. If he was going to come back and do great, yeah, that's and a plus. And play like he did in the Super Bowl, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so it'd kind of be like we'd be gaining even if we had Alshon and he ended up doing that, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's, I he think, ca- I think that calf was still bothering him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, he looks so slow. And if his ankle's bothering him too, think about how slow yeah. this man Which kind of annoys me. How do you hurt your ankle on the bye week, dude? He got hurt in the Bears game. 
but like it's, but it's, so, but, it's still so that's what I'm that's what concerns me. It's still sore and he hasn't practiced in yeah. three days. And the other question, what is with the inconsistency of the Sixers? I think we already hit on it. They're not playing together. I was gonna say the inconsistency of the roster. Is that what you would say? The rock starting yeah, five, the, the starting lineup. Yeah, starting lineups. Yeah, yeah, the inconsistency of the starters. Not all from a playing perspective, and who is playing and who is not. And also, I mean, we've been getting some rare forms of these players, like Tobias. Tobias goodness gracious, I love Tobias. I expect him to bounce back fully. I support you wholeheartedly. I still support the Sixers' idea to give him a max contract. I agree. Al Horford. We've said, so you've Love seen that man. two different sides of Al Horford, too. Last night, that man could not throw a stone in the ocean. <clears throat> it was unbelievable to yeah. watch. The whole bully ball situation, we haven't seen any of it. I would like to see some of it. Could we try, please? We saw him, like, game one and two, and yes, it worked. I, w- I would like to see it again. Please and thank you. Yeah. That would make me very, very happy. I mean, they're figuring things out, like we said earlier, too quick to panic, so. Yeah. Cole, your jets. Everybody calm down. Calm yo. Lee. Oh, Sam's singing again. And, I, and you know what? <laughs> Sam's singing again. That means it is time to absolutely close this John out for this week. <laughs> 100%. Let's hope for an Eagles win, the Sixers and the Flyers to bounce back tomorrow night, which when you listen to this, it will be tonight. Correct. And let's hope that everybody gets on a roll. So we can have a fun, fun, fun winter. And because it's winter, get your ugly Christmas babe sweater. However that's supposed to be said. Yes. The cutest ugly sweater you'll jingle ever see. Jingle babes. Jingle babes. They do whatever the babes on the brawl do. Okay. I'm really going to close this episode <laughs> out now. So Sam, stop singing. Um, <laughs> so thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Babes on Broad. You can also like us on Facebook, Babes on Broad. You can follow Sam on Twitter and Instagram, at SamWills18. You can follow me on Twitter, at RunThisTown, with an E13, and at on Instagram, at Jessica underscore Town. Make sure you go to DesignTree.com and get all your Babes on Broad merch, especially your ugly Christmas sweaters, because they're super adorable, and you can get them in... Uh, they're crew neck sweatshirts, so yeah. a little bit more, a little bit more toasty. Love it. Very excited. We will be back next week. Go birds. Go Sixers. Go Flyers. Woo! Have a great week, everybody. Babes on the